Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, I'm Larry Jacobs. This is K-12, pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. On Monday, June 8th, thanks so much for listening today. Or maybe you're listening on the archives, and if you are, you know that you can get get through to us on Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. But we archive every show over at our website, which is education-talkradio.org, and we put up a new schedule every uh, Saturday, not Friday, every Saturday. So uh, please check that out. We have the schedule up there for the rest of the week, obviously. Today's Monday. We have a lot of shows going all through the week, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We also send out a direct link before and after every every, every show to that show, Okay, over on Twitter, at EduTalk Radio, at EduTalk Radio. Please follow us over there. It's a little easier just to click through on that link and get right through. We have a good show for you today. Uh, First-time guest, I'll bring Tim on in just a second. Tim Lawrence is the Executive Director of Skills USA. We're going to talk about career technical education today. It's the nationwide professional organization for students enrolled in career and technical education training programs in America's technical high schools and colleges, and he's in Leesburg, Virginia, and we'll bring him on in just a second. I'll also give him a big shout-out to a good friend of mine uh, uh, when we start that show has a big hello for Tim. I also want to thank our good friends over at ICEV Online, icevonline.com, all right, for sponsoring today's show. Hi, Dusty. Hi, Jeff, and everybody over there down in Lubbock, Texas, online cloud-based curriculum, 7th grade through higher education, specifically designed for career and technical education. I've done a number of shows, and if you go over to the website, you'll see they have a Southwest Airlines professional communication certification, and they were kind enough, Jeff was, uh, Jeff and Dusty, to get uh, Southwest Airlines on about a month and a half, two months ago, and talk about this professional communication certification that they were doing. It was a lot of fun. If you go over to ICEV online, you'll find out that you will have, once you start using their products, more time to teach. Okay, They have an online course management system and CTE, prepackaged courses making teaching a lot of fun with outline lessons, related materials ready and waiting to go. Automatic grading allows teachers to take back their nights and weekends with advanced automatic grading system and interactive coursework that engages students and easily distributes assignments with ICEV's online interactive materials. It's technology anyone can use, even if you aren't tech savvy, ICEV makes it easy to integrate technology into your classroom. CTE, it's great stuff. Please check it out, ICEV online. Dot com and they tweeted ICEV online. And so without further ado, and I'll start the show with a big hello, let me go back over here to Tim Lawrence, the executive director over at Skills USA. Tim, welcome to the show. I'm glad we could get this together. It's Larry. Thank you so much, Larry. It's a pleasure to be on. Well, it's my pleasure to have you, sir. And now you're ready for your big hello? I have a friend Absolutely. We have a mutual friend from John Foster over at Nocti. Nocti.org, right. the credentialing company. And John saw that you were going to be on the show, sent me an email today, and uh, and he's been on the show quite often, in fact, too often, knowing John. Okay, but he's always welcome here, as he well knows, and uh, he sent you a big hello this morning. Thank so you, you, Larry. Go. John's a great friend, and John's doing great work oh, up at Nocti. 
He, he's a great guy. They, he does do great work. And actually, he, he brought on two friends of his from Penn State, two professors, Kyle Peck and Dave Passmore. And we talked about two Fridays ago on the future of education as seen through their eyes. It was really just a great show. And they do work on my corporate training, talk radio as well. They're really a good company, org. Okay, and people can check that out and see what I'm talking about, credentialing. But you got a great organization, Skills USA, which I read. i got to go back here, over here. I read it started off, and you know, tell people about this because this is your first time here. It started off as the Vocational Industrial Clubs of America. And, Tim, I have to say something. You know, when I was a kid, which was about 10 million years ago, it seems, when I was a kid, vocational-led what was the place where uh, if you weren't going to college, you weren't good enough, you didn't want to go into business, you wanted the vocational ed. And man, oh man, has that changed. Has that ever changed? Thank the Lord. Okay, so talk about the role 50 years now. Vocational Industrial Clubs of America, it's now Skills USA. You know, tell us the history. You have to, Tell us the history, Tim. You have 10 seconds. Go ahead. <laughs> Ten seconds to yeah. tell a 50-year history. Yeah, no, I'm only no, kidding. We Take were... as much time as you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Actually, we were, we were founded on May the 8th, 1965. So just uh, actually four weeks ago today was our 50th birthday. Wow, and we had a grand celebration here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we had a cake and everything. But wow. no, we had uh, we had we had our celebration here with with several of our our partners, even a couple of students who were there at the meeting in nice. in 1965. Uh, it was it had happened in the Andrew Jackson Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, and 200 students and teachers and administrators and a few business partners came together uh, in Nashville for one purpose, and that was to form a nationwide organization that would represent what was then called vocational education, but yes, specifically. Yes trade and industrial education students, uh, they needed a professional organization. And in fact, you talked about VOCED. Um, it was a time when, uh, in our history in the 60s, that there was a lot of disruption um, in, the, in our society. And these, these young people were learning skills who were, uh, who, young people who were going to be the future, the welders, the carpenters, the, the brick masons, exactly. the machinists, to build our economy and really build what we now call the middle class. So, it was, it was formed for a couple add, reasons. I might add, Tim. Sure. I might add, Tim. Literally build, literally build the economy. Absolutely, literally yeah, build. They are the builders with, with yeah. their hands, Ooh. with their hands and their yep. minds. But yeah. two, two, two reasons the organization was formed. One was to create a more positive image for students who were in vocational training. You mentioned that uh, oh, that yeah. students were relegated to the to the vocational school because they weren't going on to college. But that yep. has changed so much because now. Yep. Students who are enrolled in career and technical education, and in fact, students who are enrolled in CTE and members of SkillsUSA, our high school graduation rate is 98%, so we are only losing 2% compared to an 80% retention rate uh, at the national level. And on the college level, Larry, uh, our dropout rate, if you want to call it that, we call it a retention rate, is 87% compared to a 46% retention rate in our wow. nation's colleges. First year, first time freshmen who ever get any kind of degree or certificate. You mentioned vocational education, and I was one of those students uh, who came through a vocational program. I was a welding student, Larry, and I was a fairly good student in high school. I was doing okay. I could have done a lot better. But when I, when I enrolled in a course, a welding course, uh, you know, I struggled a little bit with my first algebra class. I struggled a little bit with trig. But when I got into that course and put my hands and my mind together, suddenly the light came on for a young man, and suddenly academics made sense. Suddenly I could apply the math skills, and the science skills to something real and tangible that I knew would be a part of my future, 
because I could see how the real world worked when I could apply those academic skills to a technical area. So it made a lot of difference for me as a young man. Well, it does, absolutely, and, and we have a wonderful contract. I live in Maine. We, uh, we, we live in uh, kind of rural Maine, about 30 miles west of Portland, and we have a wonderful contractor here. His name's John Thorne. John's a great guy. And when John comes here and literally rebuilds my house uh, once a year or so, whatever, whatever my wife has cooked up for him to do, I watch him. And he, he's a carpenter. He can do, elect, elect, he can do plumbing, electrical work, etc., and I watch my electrician, too. And the math they do and what they have to know, okay, is so incredible to me. Now, I'm always sitting here telling them, look what you're doing. You're doing math. You're working out all these numbers. It's all, it's all, it's all technology. And whether they want to call it or that or not, engineering, okay, and it's, it's mathematics. It's absolutely unbelievable. And we lost track of that, and now we've got that track back thanks to groups like Skills USA, which is uh, skillsusa.org, and people need to check it out. Tim, let me just give everybody the numbers here. I'm reading off the website. Sure. 50, 54 state and territorial associations, this is Skills USA, 11.6, let's call it 12 million members since 1965, 600 plus national partners in the businesses, trade associations, and unions, 17,500 plus classrooms using Skill USA training, thousands of community service activities, that's great, and a quarter of all U.S. occupational areas covered by Skills USA curriculum, or one quarter of all U.S. Uh, occupational areas are covered by Skills USA curriculum, which is 130 job categories. If people don't think this is important, and I think they are getting the hang of it, okay, they need to know that it is incredibly important. And uh, in an age when college puts you into debt for the first 30 years, the next 30 years of your life, okay, to get into the, to the trades and industry, and you may be going to college as well, but you're going to wind up getting a job, okay, it, it, this is a great way to go, and it's STEM, and I can't say enough for it, I do a lot of stuff on CTE, I mean, to me, it's just incredible, and I have to, you use the word champions a lot on your website, okay, I saw that, Tim? Yes. Champions, okay, I know you're not talking about Gene Autry's horse, which, by the way, because the reason <laughs> I know, and let me make the point that uh, since I know that champion was Gene Autry's horse, you can only imagine my age. Well, we won't go there, but no, yeah, we do we work, use the word champions, and, and we truly yeah. believe. You mentioned the carpenter who was working on your home, Larry, and so you know when the carpenter is when the carpenter is 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 framing your house when they're when they're calculating the the rise on the roof and and developing the the angles they're cutting for for the rafters. Yep. They're using the Pythagorean theorem. I mean, it is math. Yep. It is science. It's absolutely STEM education. But the word champion, you know, 200, 200 students came together at that meeting we talked about back in 1965. And they came together with a purpose to form an organization to really lift up students in trade and industrial and even health sciences education as a part of our organization. Oh, yeah. But now, but now that number of 200 has grown to this year, 360,000 students, teachers, and partners Amazing. involved with us on an annual basis, serving almost 12 million over the past 50 years. But a student who has selected a, and I hope parents understand this, Larry, a student who has selected a technical pathway is truly a champion for their future. A champion, yes, we name champions in this huge competition we have. In fact, in two weeks we'll be in Louisville, Kentucky, and we'll talk a little more yeah. about that later. I hope we'll talk about the championships program. But 
the students we'll name in Louisville as champions. We'll name the, the national champion in welding, the national champion in robotics and engineering, yeah. the national champion in culinary arts, the national champion in photography, even the national champion in radio broadcasting and TV production. So wow. all those champions are, are being named. But we believe in SkillsUSA that a champion is not necessarily the, the student who wears the gold medal. But a champion is someone who stands up for something, someone who has, has a cause and stands up for that cause. And in this, co- this case, the cause is their future. They're a champion for their future if they stand up as a career tech student. We believe the teachers are champions, our instructors, our technical instructors are champions every day for the young people and the older people who are enrolling in technical education. In fact, jumping to the older side of the, the equation for a moment, uh, in, in Louisville we'll have our youngest competitor in the middle school at 13 yes. years old. Our oldest competitors coming from a community college at 73 years old, competing in welding wow. culture. So wow. this, this, this <laughs> diversity and this, this age range that SkillsUSA connects to is amazing. And then beyond the instructor, the administrator in that tech school is the champion for those teachers. And the lifeblood of our organization, Larry, the true champion is the business and industry representative, the 600 companies and trade associations and labor unions that believe in our students, believe they're the future of their workforce, there's a huge skills gap in this country and globally, and they know that these students will step in in leadership roles into trades and occupations that will keep their companies and our country strong. So they're the true You're champions here. standing up for the and students, standing up for and, the school. And you, are, you are, too. I'll tell you, Tim, <clears throat> because you said, you know, the kids are, are moving towards their future. But in reality, they're moving towards our future. And uh, we're going to talk about this, the skills gap. If we don't get people into these wonderful uh, professions, all right, we're, we're going to be in big trouble. And I, I'll just keep it one, two, three, try to get a plumber these days. Okay, it's that right. simple. Okay, that just boils it down to that. But, but seriously, it's a, it, it's a big, big problem. I have a question for you about that, quote, competition in Louisville. Do they actually compete there? Like, will they do welding there? And, like, will they be Absolutely. Will... Wow. Yes, and it's all, it's all managed and judged by business and industry professionals. We have 100 even this year, our first year, with 100 competitions, everything from welding to robotics to culinary arts. Uh, the list goes on. You can <laughs> see them on our website. But these, these competitions are designed uh, by what we call industry technical committees. For example, mm-hmm. the HVAC committee has 31 companies, from train to carrier to Linux to the Refrigeration Service Engineers Society. They design the standards. The students are selected at the local level. Uh, as they compete in their local school, they move to a regional competition, then to a state. Every state names a gold medal winner in every one of those 100 occupational areas. They move on to compete one gold medal winner per state, high school, one one uh, college level, and they compete nationally. There will be 6,100 competitors in Louisville, all competing for the national championship in those 100 areas. And um, there are those 600 companies we mentioned, there are 60,000 volunteer hours by business and industry to make this oh, event wow. happen in two weeks in Louisville. So this, uh, what, this, this the, process what, what of moving through the like? competition. Yeah. What does yeah, the event it takes look like? Box. Is that a big conference hall or in a hotel? It's, it's or huge. What's it look like? No, the, it, it would never fit in a hotel. In fact, we're using 37,000 hotel sleeping nights for this event. There will be 16,000 people coming. It's the largest skills competition in the world, and there is a worldwide organization that we belong to called World Skills, Larry, and we're taking 20 students to Brazil in, uh, in August to compete against oh, 72 wow. countries. So the kids who win in, and I call them all kids, no matter what their age, but the <laughs> kids who compete in Louisville, yeah. some will move on to the world level of competition as well. But talking about space, 
We use the Kentucky Exhibition Center. It's 1.2 million square feet of contiguous floor space. Uh, it will occupy 20 football fields of space in that building. Um, there are about $36 million, $36 million donated. There will be uh, Haas Machinery will donate brand-new CNC, computer numerical controlled lathes, mills, programmers. There will be GE has donated 65 brand-new state-of-the-art GE ranges for the culinary students to cook on. The collision industry, the students who are doing car, uh, car painting and collision repair, have state-of-the-art downdraft booths donated by the collision industry. The list goes on and on. Harley-Davidson donates brand-new motorcycles for the motorcycle wow. techs. There's an aviation tech competition. There will be jet engines on the floor that students will be working on. It's just an amazing thing. So if anyone has a, a free day or two during the last week of June, come to Louisville, Kentucky, if you want to see America's future. Wow. That, 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 that was, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, Tim. That was fantastic. <laughs> you, you, it's I an mean, amazing really, event. You, you're like, you, are, you are like the uh, spokesmodel for this. this is, that, was a, that was a fantastic rundown of what it is. It was, it was just yeah, great. It's huge, and, and I, I see it. I've been seeing it every year for, for quite some time. I've been the executive director of SkillsUSA for 14 years now, and I walk wow. in, Larry, every year, and I'm absolutely blown away and amazed yeah. by the, the support by, by business and industry and labor to make sure these students have the latest state-of-the-art equipment, they have the latest techniques and processes to be judged on, and I'll tell you, the kids who, and again, they're all kids, uh, the kids who walk away with, <laughs> with honors will be offered jobs on the spot. It's a recruiting ground for our companies as well. That's that's pre- that's pretty incredible. That 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 is really 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 in- incredible. And I wish you a lot of luck with it. For goodness' sakes, it's just like sounds like it's going to be terrific. How do schools get involved with Skills USA? I mean, are you in every district in the in the country now, or are you still? Growing? We're in every what's, state. What's, yeah, we're still growing. We are. We're seeing steady growth every year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Around five to six thousand new new students each year get involved. Uh, now that annual number of three hundred and sixty, three hundred fifty, three hundred sixty thousand. Does, it, does right. it take a teacher right. to get them involved? Okay. Absolutely. We call the teacher Skills the advisor. Skillsusa.org. Yep. Yes. Skillsusa.org. But anywhere where there's a technical program or a technical pathway offered, whether it's in manufacturing, construction, healthcare, IT, graphic arts, whatever it may be, there's normally a Skillsusa chapter in that school. If schools are in a technical uh, uh, pathway uh, situation and they do not have a Skillshare chapter, we urge them to, to reach out to us. But in 80% of the technical schools in this country, we have chapters. A chapter you might think of like a student council where in that chapter, because Skillshare is more than just the technical skill. It's about building a well-rounded employee by offering training in professional skills, what some people call soft skills. So if you think of SkillsUSA as a student council inside a what was once called a vocational school, now a career tech center, a president, a vice president, a secretary, a treasurer, a reporter, and parliamentarian are elected in that chapter, student elections that elect their leadership. Then those students also are doing not just competition in skills. They're competing in things like public speaking. They're competing in job interview skills. They're competing in entrepreneurship, writing business plans for startup business. They're competing in in uh, in business meeting skills, how to run properly run a business meeting and conduct business inside a business meeting. So inside that school, the chapter is conducting professional development for the students to complement their technical skills, their hard skills with soft skills, you might say. And it's sort of like a student so, council inside career tech education where students are, are leading the organization. The two key words, the two magic words in SkillsUSA are student-led. 
If you come to Louisville and come to our opening ceremony in Freedom Hall, our students are leading the ceremony. They're doing all the speaking. They're introducing the special guests. Our keynote speaker this year will be Nick Pinchuk, the CEO of Snap-on Tools. Nick's an amazing oh, wow. guy. But the students will introduce Nick. They will, they will bring him on stage. They will shake his hand and present an award at the end. The students lead the organization, both at the school level and at the national level. So getting involved, back to your question, uh, long yeah, answer to a short great. question. Long great. answer to a short question. The, the schools that, uh, that are involved are involved because they are uh, teaching career tech education. A sponsor, you might say, some parents would understand this as a sponsor, is that teacher we call them an advisor, advising the students on their leadership and technical skills. And that chapter is formed. It's absolutely no cost to the school to do this. Uh, the students do pay a small fee because it a mem- it's a membership organization. So students pay $8 to be a member of Schedule yeah. SA. With yep. that fee comes the opportunity to compete, to seek an office from local to state to national level. In fact, the students who lead our national convention will be the 15 students who are elected by their peers as student leaders in the organization. So... Um, it's it's a great organization for any school uh, who wants to get involved in, in in enhancing their technical training, but also enhancing the students' professional training. And, and by the way, I just want to make the point again: we talk about uh, career technical education. We are not just talking about kids who, and this is fine if they do that, who leave high school and enter the workforce. That's fine. But we're also talking about a lot of lot a lot of people. In, in this, who are going to go on to college, come out, become engineers, technicians. Absolutely. Okay, that sort of thing. I just wanted to make that point. So and we've got thousands. Yes. Yeah. Go Absolutely. Go we've got thousands of examples of that. The other thing that parents should know is if, if your child decides uh, to take a course or, or, or enter a pathway in a career technical education program, number one, they're learning a skill that will be with them for life. It's a skill they can also use to pay their way through college. And when a, student, when a student latches on to a technical pathway, and I was one of those kids, when you find an interest using your hands and your mind together, you kind of pursue that pathway. And, and our students who are entering, for example, an IT pathway or a robotics and engineering pathway or a manufacturing pathway, they normally will tend to pursue that on through college. And they will either attain an associate degree at the, at the community college or technical college level, but many go on. Uh, without, with little or no debt, go on to complete a four-year degree. So it's a great pathway uh, to college. It's a great pathway to engineering. It's a great pathway to management. Uh, the students who can work with their hands and their minds are, are gold. They really are for our country. Well, literally they're gold. Literally they're gold, which brings me to the next thing, Tim. And I'm reading off your website here. You have a whole section, again, skillsusa.org. And then I went to, there's a section there about the skills gap. All right, and Tim, if I may, I'm just going to read. This is off your website, but they're accurate figures, okay? America's skills gap. This is like nuts here. Ten million new skilled workers needed by 2020. And that sounds like that's really far away, but that's five years away, 2020. Uh Okay? Yeah, it's astounding when you think about it. Okay, 600,000 skilled jobs are now going unfilled. 83% 83% of companies report a moderate to serious shortage of skilled workers. 69% expect the shortage to grow worse in the next three to five years. 52% of all U.S. employers are having trouble filling jobs. All right? And the, my, the, the, we always hear jobs, 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 jobs. Every politician, jobs, 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 jobs. 
Meanwhile, there's 600,000 skilled jobs going unfilled. All right. And my question, because I don't, I don't think this was like this in the, the 60s when I was graduating high school and going to college and all that, but it seemed to me that people moved into the workforce more, not more easily, that they, that they, they entered the workforce in greater numbers. Where's the disconnect these days? What happened with education and training these kids to do the right thing? Why are there 600,000 skilled jobs going unfilled? Where, where do we go wrong? Yeah, there, right, there are two things. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. There, yeah. there are two things at play, Larry. Uh, I was in Atlanta just a few weeks ago speaking to a, a major group of, of commercial contractors, and they told me that for every one person they hire, four retire. And yes. in our country every day, it's estimated that every day in this nation, 10,000 people turn 65 years old which is considered the retirement age. And, yes, people are working a little longer today because of, yes, they are. of yeah. our health care system and because of people's need to work longer. But 10,000 people every day in this country turn 65. So it's a matter of demographics, not enough people coming into the workforce to fill the pipeline. But larger than that, Larry, it's a matter of skill level. Those jobs that are going unfilled are not going unfilled because, you know, people don't want good jobs. They do not have the necessary skills to fill them. So when we talk exactly about science, technology, yeah. engineering, and math, then students are pursuing. Uh, students may pursue a four-year baccalaureate degree, and that's great. But I would just give the advice of be careful of the major that you choose. Choose the majors that have opportunity at the end. <laughs> choose the majors that are demand-driven, because if you're going through a liberal arts education with a four-year degree, and I'm not going to mention any particular major, but if that major isn't in demand you're probably going to be working in a, in a, in a very low-paying job, seeking a better-paying job, and probably going back for retraining to get some technical skills so you can get a better job. The average age in the community colleges in this country is somewhere between 28 and 29 years old, and that's because people are going through a liberal arts education in some cases. They're, finding, they're not finding their, their, their passion when they get into the workforce, they're circling back 10 years later, a decade later, to come back to a technical college or a community college right. to find their passion or to retrain to either elevate themselves in the workforce or to find the job that they really want. Right. And not that I have anything against these. Let me put words in. I won't put words in Tim's mouth. I'll put them in. Tim, Tim, Tim was basically saying, try not to major in philosophy or Renaissance dance. Okay? Try not there to may be that. some opportunities there, Larry, but I'm not aware. No, there aren't. There aren't. <laughs> there aren't. There are. I can say that, so, Tim. You don't have to say that. Okay? Renaissance dance will, will not do you well. You'll be the cotton candy person at the Renaissance Fair in your neighborhood. Okay? Not a good idea. And we, that's not... Right. We, I'm all, all for a, all sorts of education and learning things beyond your, your, your business world. But, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And you're right, Tim, about the, the demographics. Okay, there were well, the baby boomers were coming of age in the '60s when I was mm -hmm. around. Okay, but also, uh, my point is that maybe my point is this: we got 600,000 jobs uh, to fill. Every politician says we need to create more jobs. We need to create more jobs. The jobs are there, but they never talk about really supporting the education necessary, really supporting it to create the people who are going to fill those jobs. It's easy to say jobs, 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 okay? But it, but it, we, we need the people, we need the training of those people. That's what you guys do, and I think it's wonderful. But they ought to put their money where their mouth is. 
That's my that's my political theory for today. You don't have to answer that one too. I'm just uh, ran well, in here. It's, you know. I do believe I do believe Larry that the stars are aligning for for what we call career and technical education. Oh, it is. It People is. are seeing that that question. college debt. The college loan debt is it's higher than credit card oh. debt in our nation now. It's becoming oh. a real issue. People are looking for alternatives. Congress, governors, uh, the White House are all looking at career technical education as a viable alternative for people who want to seek a, a pathway to success. And, you know, talking about the, just for a moment about the skills gap, if, I would encourage your listeners to go to Manpower Group and look at the global survey of the 10 hardest jobs to fill in the world, in the Americas, in the European Union, in the Asias, uh, in the Asian Pacific. You know, if you look at the Manpower Group study, they do this every year. They surveyed somewhere around 40,000 employers in 37 countries. And at the top of every list, in the top three uh, of every region of the world, and globally the number one toughest job to fill lies in the category of skilled trade workers. Technicians and engineers also show up in the top three, but across every part of the globe, Larry, skilled trade workers, either number one, number two, or number three, is the toughest job to fill by employers. And that issue of employers really fearing the future is real because they are seeing that gap widening. They're seeing it widening not only in their own countries, in their own states, regions, and communities. They're seeing the gap widening widen, uh, globally. And just one last thing about the skills gap. You know, oh, we please. mentioned... We mentioned the um, the workers uh, and, and what people aspire to. You know, we became a we became a society that aspired to white collar. We sort of left blue collar behind. But I say, and Mike Rowe is another great friend of ours, and I encourage listeners to go to microworks.org and take a look oh. at some of the work that he's doing. Mike Rowe, Mike Rowe's been a great friend of yeah, Skills. Yeah. Yes, and now he has a show yeah. on CNN called Somebody's Got to Do It. In fact, Skills Just Say yeah. will have an episode on his show this fall. Uh, Mike came oh. to our national competition, and he competed against against four students. He competed in, in welding. He competed in broadcast uh, broadcast news. He competed in robotics, <laughs> and he competed in culinary. And he claims that the students kicked his butt in all four competitions. But that that episode will air on CNN this fall, and the new episodes that come out uh, on Somebody's Got to Do It. But wow, but yeah, the, uh, the thing that. I would That's say great. about gold, uh, about white collar and blue collar is. If you're if you're uh, if you're a person looking for a pathway, if you're a parent looking for a, a place for your student to find passion, I don't like to call them white collar or blue collar. I call them gold collar jobs. Um, nice. The, yeah, you're right. The, the manufacturing the manufacturing in this country is seeing a renaissance. I was in Kazan, Russia, two weeks ago, speaking to an international forum, 32 countries, and the question they had of me, Larry, was, is reindustrialization happening in America? You know, you, you lost a lot of jobs to offshoring for the past several years. We understand that, that manufacturing is coming back in the United States. Is that true? And this is their quote. Or is that just a government slogan? Question mark. Well. <laughs> and as I researched the, the manufacturing trends in this country, we're seeing a renaissance in manufacturing. We're seeing an uptick That's in manufacturing good. jobs. Uh, and and we, we, see, we see a lower unemployment rate. We see more manufacturing jobs coming back to shore. Uh, and more opportunities for people, because countries that do not make things do not survive long term. We have to get back to a country that makes and builds and creates. We've been so, uh, we've been so, and we still lead the world in in uh, in patents and ideas and innovation. But we've got to continue to make and build if we're going to going to remain as a global power in the world. Boy, well, Tim, that was that was very well said. 
I, I hope every school that's listening, and we do get a lot of listeners, it's skillsusa.org. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned, you, you said that the kids are going to be running the, uh, the conference in Louisville, but I just wanted you to talk for a second about really leadership development. And I think this is a key thing. We always talk about it in education here, leadership, developing leaders, et cetera. Okay? But I, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but I, I think that when you go in there with certain skills and you feel confident about what you're doing, Okay, you you become a leader naturally. All right, and I think what you folks do with Skills USA really really puts that in. And the other thing you said, Tim, and you use yourself as an example, kind of lost in academia, and all of a sudden you looked at welding. All right, and only that math that that guy taught me in the other class, which was boring over there, makes sense over here. And everybody's always talking. Yeah, everybody's always talking about quote engagement. We have to engage the students. Okay, we have to go to where the students are. I agree with this. We have to go to where the students are. They're the customers, and get them engaged in what we're teaching them. And that's what CTE education does. That's exactly what they do. What they've done for years. And you guys are on top of the trail here, top of the mountain. I mean, you really well, thank you're you. right on. Yeah, you're right on. Yeah, and. and- you know, back to back to my welding days as a student. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. not a welder anymore. Yeah. And again, parents should understand that. Even though your son or daughter may want to to pursue a technical pathway that you may believe won't lead them to success, you know, you start somewhere. I started as a welder in a manufacturing company in Virginia. I moved into management. I moved into education. I worked for the Virginia Department of Education, and now I'm wow. a CEO of a national nonprofit. So I'm not a welder yeah. anymore, Larry. And, and students who have that aspiration, and it comes with not only learning a technical skill, but you mentioned leadership skills. I talked about the global skills gap and the need for skilled trade workers, engineers, and technicians. But at the same time, if you look at a study from American University and the Urban Institute, when they look at the number one reason that employers reject frontline applicants for jobs today, it's the lack of basic employability right. skills. That's time management, showing up, to, showing up to work on time, being able to work as a part of a team, being able to communicate effectively. So those professional skills are just as important as the technical skills. The young person or older person of any age that comes to an employer with the right combination of professional skills and technical skills will have a great future. We'll the other thing that – uh, Oh, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. The other stat I wanted to mention, in the same study from American University and the Urban Institute, the number one reason that employers reject applicants for first-time positions, and this is not only first-time positions, but for positions, period, is attitude. Attitude ranks even higher oh. than previous work experience for employers. Wow. Having the right attitude, having the right professional skills is key to success. And that's what we do in SkillsUSA. That's really the core of our program. We use the technical skills competition as a carrot to to attract students into the program to build the other skills. Because if you leave with only a technical skills, without the professional skills under your belt, you're not going to be as successful as you can be, as you could be. And by the way, Tim, you said you weren't a welder. According to my uh, calculation, you, you, as 14 years as executive director at SkillsUSA, you've welded. 600 plus national partners, 54 state and territorial associations, and <laughs> like 17,000 <laughs> plus classrooms. They're welded together, okay, for the, I like it. the kids. 
Yeah, like you, you're still a welder, my friend. You're still cool. a welder. All right. Hey, Tim, you'll come back. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, next time we do a show, bring one of the teachers or, or whoever you want to bring on or one of the winners or whatever. I would love to bring a couple of the students on just, oh, just to let you hear our, how articulate they are so articulate, so professional, and it's because of this training they get through SkillsUSA and through CTE. And I'll mention, too, that SkillsUSA is one of the organizations. Uh, if you look at agricultural education, and the organization has oh, been FFA, around a yeah, long time, yeah. the FFA. If you look yeah. at business education, there's the future business leaders of America. All these yep. organizations in CTE work to develop that whole student, that whole uh, employer, citizen, employee, citizen, and leader. That's what we're all about. Well, I, I'll tell you, I was just speaking of FFA, uh, the, the number of agricultural jobs, it, 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 using agriculture as a broad umbrella, is incredible out there. Okay, In other words, you're not going to be picking straw out of your teeth if you join FFA, just like Skills USA. Okay. High tech. And by the way, Ag- I don't want tech. your kids on to know what kind of what kind of leaders they are. I want them to give me an estimate on some work on the house. Yeah. That was a joke. Yeah, customer service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> customer customer service is key. I it agree. Good. Tim, thanks a million. We'll do more, I promise you. You have a great day. Thank you, Larry. Have a have a blast. Have literally a blast in the, in a blast furnace for the welder in the, in the, in the Louisville. Okay? Yeah, it's when it's when sixteen thousand of our closest friends come to visit. We're really looking yeah, forward they to are it. Your Larry, it's been a pleasure friends, being with me. you. Thank you for thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. You Tim, I, I, you're invited back on. It was my pleasure indeed. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Bye. Wow, that was great. Tim Lawrence, what a good guy. Tim uh, hello Tim from John Foster, my buddy at Nocti. Okay, uh Skills USA, Skills USA dot org and they tweet at skills usa check it out the solution to the skills gap this is what we're this is this is why we educate people it's hello so uh check it out is all i can say cte education is so important these days and uh just i, I can't say enough for it i do enough i gotta thank my good friends over at ICEV online again icv com. they tweeted icv online and uh they uh they they help CTE classrooms stay on track with an online course management system, prepackaged courses, automatic grading, interactive coursework, technology anyone can use. Uh, they make it easy to integrate technology into your classroom, and with the products they have are so important to exactly what we've been talking about, all right, with Tim. So please check it out if you're a CTE teacher, okay, Texas-based ICEV online. Dot com. Okay, and uh, thank you, Dusty and the gang, for uh, sponsoring today's show. Tim, you were a great guest. Next time we'll bring on either some of the students or some of the teachers or a combination of both, etc., and we'll listen to them. We're going to archive the show at education-talkradio.org and tweet it out over at edutalkradio. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. <laughs>